Don't underestimate the power of your words and testimony. Luke chapter 2, verses 17 to 18, When they, the shepherds, had seen him, Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word today, we're asking for the supernatural work and operation of the Holy Spirit, enabling us to see, to hear, and receive revelation of your word to help us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, God bless you today, and thanks so much for listening to what I've got to say. I believe this is the word of God. You know, your words are important. Your words have the power of life and death, according to Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The shepherds heard words from an angel. They had a confirming sign. They saw the baby in a manger. So they had revelation from heaven, an encounter with Jesus, which produced in them some sort of an overflow of euphoria. And they went out and they shared it everywhere. But it caused people to marvel, be astonished and astounded by what they said. In other words, their words made an impact. Jesus used words to calm a storm, multiply bread and fish, heal the sick, open blind eyes, raise the dead, evict demons. He used words to teach, to preach, to heal, as I said, to prophesy the future and to express love and forgiveness. Rosanna's sung words and my spoken words have changed lives because we heard from God. And God said to us right at the beginning, if you study my word, if you hearken diligently to my voice, then my words will be in your songs and it will be my words in your songs that produce fruit in the hearts of the hearers. Amen. The Father used words to create the universe. Everything he created was done with words in cooperation with Jesus, the living word, the Father's image in his heart of love and the Holy Spirit's activities. So think about this. What can your words do when they're words that come from God, anointed by God, you have an encounter with Jesus, you overflow exciting words, what can those words do? That's what we're talking about today. And so the theme is, what can we learn about what our words can do from this story about the shepherds overflowing with excitement after hearing revelation, encountering God, and going out with the word in their mouth? Remember the angel said, these words are good news. So they were out sharing that quote, good news, or the gospel you could say. This baby is Christ, his Saviour, his Lord. They were preaching that Jesus is Lord and Saviour and Christ. That is the gospel. And everyone who heard them, it stuck with them. It impacted them. They were astounded, astonished. They were just amazed at what they were hearing. So what can we learn about this today? Number one, the shepherds overflowed with supernatural words that stuck. Starts with this. A, the shepherds heard revelation from heaven. Let's read this now in Luke chapter 2. We're looking again at 17 and 18. Now, when they had seen him, Jesus, they made widely knowing the saying which was told them concerning 
the child. So how did this happen? God spoke to them through an angel. And we read about that in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's just good news, happy news which will be to all people. So they receive revelation from heaven. B, it was revelation about Jesus. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Amen. C, God gave them a sign to confirm the revelation. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. D, they had a personal encounter with Jesus. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, so they got revelation, started talking about it, let us now go to Bethlehem and see. When are they going to go to Bethlehem and see Jesus? Now. Now is the right time to get an encounter with Jesus. Amen. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So let's now go and see. They found the baby. They found the sign. That's what made them so sure that what they'd seen in the vision was really a word from God. It was confirmed by a sign. And God will confirm the words that he speaks to you. Amen. I love that. Let's go now and see. Now. They found the baby. They found the sign and they encountered Jesus. E. They made the revelation widely known. I'm up to verse 17 and 18 now of Luke 2. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled. What comes by hearing the word of God? Faith does, according to Romans 10, 17. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them. So after the shepherd's own personal encounter with Jesus, they overflowed the revelation of him. And what's even more exciting was that people actually listened. I love that. They didn't simply write off the shepherds as drunk, hallucinating, being on drugs, becoming religious fanatics, being irrelevant. They didn't say anything like that. They said, wow, this is amazing. The hearers clearly heard the good news and they allowed the shepherd's words to affect them deeply. This can happen for your words this Christmas, all year. Whenever you hear this message, this can happen for your words if you will Hear revelation. You get that revelation when the Bible says, meditate in the word of God day and night, that you may observe to do it, that you may see something, that you may have a revelation. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, etc., but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates 
day and night. We need to be in the Word of God. Eat the Word. Sleep the Word. In other words, listen to it at night time. Think the Word. Preach the Word. Pray the Word. Study the Word. Learn the Word. Memorize the Word. You can sing it in praise. You can shout it in warfare. You can say it to yourself in confession and you can pray the Word of God. Amen. So eat the Word, sleep the Word. You can sing it, shout it, say it and pray it. The Word of God is God. According to John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3, then 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. He was part of the creative process of all things. And John 1 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God is God. The more we meditate in the Word, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the treasure of your heart, your mouth speaks. That's what's exciting right there. It's revelation as you're meditating, as you're praying, as you're praising. It's revelation. And then under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the overflow produces life and has words that have great impact. Amen. So all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So the shepherds' overflowing joy, amazement and conviction about their revelation of Jesus had a deep and profound impact on their audience. Hearers were astonished, marveled, wondered, awed, full of admiration. Amen. So they heard the good news from the shepherds and it impacted them. Amen. Now, my dad said to me when I was growing up on the farm, in a way of an illustration, he said, the most dangerous animal in the world is a Jersey bull. A couple of months later, one of the great hunters came back to England in the old days and they, after he had hunted all kinds of animals and things all around Africa, they said to him, what's the most dangerous animal in the world? Expecting to hear lion, baboon, crocodile, leopard, something. He said, Jersey bull. <laughs> and my dad impressed on us that a Jersey bull is unpredictable. Now, we had a Jersey bull. But I never went in the bull paddock. Amen. I was terrified of the Jersey bull because his words stuck with me. To this day, I don't go in the bull paddock. Full stop. Then at one of our staff meetings at church, my brother-in-law was asking the staff to repeat something that was a saying upon which they based their life. And one of the men in the room said this, this is something my mother told me and I've always lived by it. And the saying was, what I'm about to say, do I really need to say it? And that had stuck with him all his life. And as soon as he said it, it didn't matter what the rest of us had said in that room, that saying went in and stayed with us. Because your words can leave an indelible imprint on people. I'm sure you've heard someone say things to you that have left a lifetime long imprint. Hopefully you can forget the negative things they said, but you may remember the positive things and the things that are spoken under the anointing of God. For example, when I was a teenager, my parents and my sister dutifully took me along to Youth for Christ. And Youth for Christ had an evangelist there. And when he spoke, he concluded the message with Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, 
but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Those words went in and all I did, I didn't go forward for the elder call. I was too scared, but I stayed in my seat and I kept saying, me too, me too. I wanted to be in. <laughs> you got no idea how much I wanted to be in the kingdom because I could see the truth that the wages of sin was death and they spoke about eternal hell and I sure didn't want that in my life. Amen. I'm sure that words someone spoken to you have stuck. Other people you know, sometimes they can't shake some of those words because they're empowered by the devil. But do you know that God can give you words that you can speak to people and the family gathering, the get-togethers, people you meet on the street, people you know, your friends, your acquaintances, and you can say things to them that will stick with them because they're supernatural and they're from God. Amen. So number one was the shepherds overflowed with supernatural words that stuck. Number two today, Jesus had a lot to say about words. So the baby that was in that manger, where that event took place, grew up. And when he was 30, he started his ministry. And in the middle of his ministry, he said this in Matthew 17, 20. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So A, your words can move mountains. So you can speak to things if you're hearing revelation, your heart's right with God, you're speaking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what you say will come to pass. Amen. Think again about Jesus. He used words exactly like this. He calmed a storm, multiplied bread and fish, healed the sick, opened blind eyes, raised the dead, cast out demons. He was teaching, preaching, prophesying and expressing love and forgiveness. Your words can be eternal. Amen. B, they can be productive or idle. So when you're gathering with friends and family or others, or you meet someone casually, remember your words to them and words about others or whatever can be productive, fruitful words, or they can be idle, non-productive words. Let's read what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 to 36. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle, there's your non-producing word, that men may speak, they will give an account for it in the day of judgment. Now verse 37. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And hopefully that should have an or in there. Hopefully we're all justified by our words. But remember, when you gather with your family, when you gather with your friends, when you're with other Christians, when you're casually meeting someone or talking to someone you're praying for, your words to them can be idle, useless, non-producing words, and they can also be very counterproductive for which you'll have to give an account, or 
On the positive side, your words can be eternal, they can be fruitful, they can last with them forever and bring life to them. And then they can overflow through that person and bring life to many around them. Amen. For example, Jesus spoke some words at the beginning of Matthew's gospel that changed the life of those that heard them. He spoke a few words. Listen to this. Matthew 4, 18 to 22. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I'll make you competent at catching people. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And then the same happened with James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Think about this. Jesus was passing by someone and said, follow me. They responded immediately and their lives changed forever. They will always be known as part of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Their names feature significantly in the Word of God and God has used them in their lifetime to change thousands of people. And after their lifetime, their stories and names have lived on in the Word of God and have continued to help, inspire, motivate and impart faith to people for 2,000 years. Words are eternal if they come from God. Words can produce. Amen. So think about what your words can do when you speak the right ones under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can speak to demons. You can speak to sickness. You can speak to circumstances and you can speak to people. Amen. Number three, Jesus only said what he heard from his father. He spoke by revelation. Now, I've been speaking about this, and I want you to see this in the scripture. John chapter 8, verse 26. He who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Jesus only did what he saw with his father, and he spoke what he heard with his father. And that's what he's saying there, I speak to the world. Now, he may have been at the meal table and said, pass me the salt or something. But when he was speaking to the world, he spoke what he heard from his father. Amen. His words are eternal and they produce fruit eternally. If what I said about Peter is true and James and John and Andrew, how much more are the words of Jesus significant and eternal? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass. Amen. That's such an amazing statement. One time we were on tour with an international artist, and this artist was very, very good and very friendly. And we were in the green room before or after a concert, I don't remember which, and she said something to me. She said, I want to have the authority that my pastors have got. And I said, what do you mean? And what she went on to describe was that she wanted to move in the gifts of the spirit, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, etc., to help people. And I said, well, you're just about there right now. Because she was in the middle of her concert, which wasn't very different from night to night. In the middle of the concert, she was speaking about those who contemplating suicide 
because they didn't like their life. And I said, you're so close right now. All you have to do is just go one step further, open to the Holy Spirit. And if it's right, then you can start by saying something like, you're here tonight and you have considered suicide. And then it will flow from there. Maybe you have considered suicide this week. And God is saying to you, you are so worth it. He loves you. His power wants to touch you tonight. If you'll trust him, he will help you right now. And so she did it the next night. She went that little bit further. And then later on, I saw the same female singer who had a place in a very worldwide television ministry. And she was then praying over the air using the same gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of faith and the word of wisdom, etc., to help people. And so maybe the word I spoke to her that night stuck with her and helped her. That would be awesome. And one time Rosanna and I were asked to go and minister at a church near Geelong and I was talking to the pastor and he goes, I know you, you came into our church a decade or so ago and you gave me a prophetic word and that's changed my life. And I'm thinking, wow, I spoke what God gave me, but the words I spoke to the man in Jesus' name, and that is on Jesus' behalf, are eternal words from Jesus that had the power to change and direct his life. Amazing stuff. So what is it that you've heard for someone and you just know it's from God? Did you pass it on? What happened? It's amazing, isn't it? What are you hearing from God now? Who is it for? I'm encouraging you to be prayed up, to be praised up, to walk in the Spirit, don't speak idle words. If you're meeting up with your family, don't join in with all the frivolity and stuff. Wait your opportunity and then speak the word of God. My friend is a pastor at a church years ago when we first started. He told me sometimes the bike gangs and the criminal gangs would invite him to come to one of their parties. And, you know, they all probably called him the Rev or whatever or the chaplain, chappy. And he would just wait and wait and wait and wait, he didn't get much of an opportunity to talk, but they all knew who he was. Then he said about three in the morning, they would come and talk to him and unload their problems when they thought nobody noticed. And then there was the door open and he was able to speak eternal words. Our drummer went on a similar thing once. He had to fill in for a band because he had tattoos. They got him to fill in on the drums. And he went along to this big bash. He says, I can't even tell you what went on there. But he just waited around, he played, kept quiet, kept to himself, and eventually one of the most toughest-looking outlaw guys you've ever seen came up to him and said, don't tell anyone, but I've been going to church with me mum. And so this guy was probably never open to anybody, open up, and Jono was able to speak words into him that stuck. One other time we were doing an outreach and there was a similar guy there. He was listening to our music, but I kept saying the gospel in between the songs, little bits of it. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord, you know. And then I got to preach the gospel at the end. This man came up to Jono and he said, Jono, I've bought your tape. I love your album. I've bought your T-shirt. I love your band, but I can't stand it when that guy talks in between. See, the words aren't always accepted by people initially, but they can't shake off the word of God. Amen. And then Jono says, we're praying for you, mate. And Jono was at home on a long fast. And when he finished his fast, 
This guy rang him up and he said, I don't know what's happening to me. I'm listening to your album and I get to the third song. One minute I'm laughing, then I'm crying, then I'm laughing, then I'm crying. And Jono said to him, God's touching you. He goes, couldn't be. Jono said, you want to give your life to Jesus? And he goes, I'm not ready for that and hung up the phone. Jono went back, finished his evening meal, which broke his fast. The phone rang again and the guy said, I'm ready now. Because the word of God does not return void and it will accomplish that which it has been sent to do. The word in the songs, the word spoken by preaching and the word shared by Jono accumulated and brought this man to Christ. And he went on to be a youth worker, an amazing transformation and story of salvation. And I want to encourage you, always be ready for every opportunity, amen, and make the most of it. Number four today, gospel words produce eternal change. Let's think about this. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word. There are people who will gladly receive the word, were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Just this week, Rosanna and I were doing a big Carols by Candlelight outdoor concert. And we did all of the carols. And then at the end, I was thinking about packing up and we finished the last song and I sat down and I looked around and I thought, quick, well, the PA equipment is still on. And I jumped up, I shared a couple of sentences of testimony and I gave the gospel and we all prayed the sinner's prayer together. You know what? There were people there that were very, very non-Christian initially. One of the ladies was there, her husband had just died and she prayed that prayer and then when she came up to talk to us, she was happy and beaming and they all went home happy and full of joy singing Christmas carols as they went. And you know that we don't sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We only sing the carols with words like Jesus, Lord at his birth, and oh, holy night, night divine and that kind of thing. We sing the songs that highlight Jesus. Amen. And we had all the scriptures in between the songs too. We read the whole Christmas story in between the songs. So I want to encourage you today, the gospel words produce eternal change. Gospel words carry power. Now, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, according to Romans 1.16. And the power of the gospel words or any word of God has the power of incorruptibility. Listen to what it says. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, I'm going to come back to that, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the word of God is incorruptible. It lives. In other words, it's got life and it's eternal because it abides forever. They're good seeds that we plant and we believe that those words cannot be corrupted and they have life and they will produce fruit for eternity. See, God's supernatural power is in the word of God. Why? For no word from God shall be void of power. Jeremiah 1.12, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Gospel words, they are the only way to God. I know a lot of people say there's lots of ways up the mountain. We all get into the same God in different directions. Only problem is that that's not 
what Jesus said. So either what he said is true or he's a liar. Amen. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. So yes, I know people can make up all kinds of things, but my faith's in Jesus and what he said, because he died for my sins, they didn't. Amen. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, to confirm it, the Bible says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Mark 16, 15 to 16, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, everyone. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. God can use your words and your mouth to overflow from your heart in a way that changes lives. Number six today, your anointed revelation words of the gospel and testimony are eternal. Reading again 1 Peter one twenty three, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Your words in the gospel are eternal. Because if somebody gives their life to Jesus, their eternity has changed. Think about this. It's so amazing. So I'm encouraging you. Your listeners may react in unappreciative ways, and indeed sometimes in unpredictable ways, but God says that his words will never pass away in Matthew 24, 35. So pray first, be full of praise, freshly see Jesus like the shepherds. They got the revelation. They saw Jesus. Then they went out and spread the news everywhere and people were impacted after that. Amen. So make sure you've got a fresh vision of Jesus in your life. Partake daily of the bread of life, drink in the Holy Spirit. Then like the shepherds, you'll be overflowing with life-giving words that emanate from a heart full of faith and conviction. You'll be releasing the only omnipotent, incorruptible force on earth today. It's a power that can move mountains, open blind eyes, and resurrect dead hearts. Amen. So preach the word according to 2 Timothy 4.2. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. So remember, when you say gospel words, give people a scripture seed. It is eternal. It's incorruptible. And the Holy Spirit will go to work on that word. If you give them your opinion, if you give them your ideas, quote to them something off the news, it's not eternal. It's just vibrations. And if they're idle words, we have to give an account for them. And number seven, you can receive his salvation and new birth today if you haven't yet. You can do it by calling on the name of the Lord. Listen to this, Acts 2.21. And it shall come to pass that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. People can't call on him if they don't know about him. And they won't know about him if they don't hear about him. And when we tell them about Jesus, using the word of God, those words are anointed. Now, with some people, you can only get in a snippet. Put in the snippet. It's a seed. Then water it in prayer. Let the Holy Spirit go to work on that seed. Amen. 
Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And to finish off this little list of scriptures, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Jesus called it such a radical new creation. He says it's literally being born again. The old you goes out of existence, died with Jesus on the cross. He was raised up together with Jesus, a new creation, and then you've got a new man. You put off the old man, put on the new man, follow Jesus in the waters of baptism to confirm that he really is Lord. It's not just lip service. And then you can be born again. When you're born again, you can see the kingdom of God and you can enter the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that many turned to the Lord and believed in the Lord. But remember, it starts with this calling on the name of the Lord and doing it with this simple prayer. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, simply repeat this prayer after me, which covers these points. Say it to God with all your heart and receive Jesus. Appreciate what he's done for you and let the word of God be eternally planted in your heart coming to birth like a baby. Amen. Just like Jesus being born in the manger after the seed of God's word was sown in Mary's heart so you can come to birth in God today. Simply say this prayer after me. Jesus, just repeat. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I turn from my old life. I receive you today as my saviour. I call on the name of the Lord. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin, that he rose from the dead, and that he is Lord. I receive your new birth. Thank you that my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And from this day forward, I'm going to rise up like Peter and follow Jesus. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer today and you meant it sincerely, prayed it to God, I believe you've just received a new birth. You're born again. Continue to confess that Jesus is Lord. Find some Christians or someone to tell. Read your Bible, pray to God. And then be ready to overflow what you've been hearing today and tell others the good news about Jesus, who is Saviour, Christ and Lord. The one who died on the cross, paid for your sin, rose from the dead to prove he was a success in that and has opened the way to heaven. And we can follow him now on this earth with his help and protection and provision and then follow him all the way into heaven. If we're saying no to Jesus... And if anyone says no to him, their destiny is to be condemned eternally. And remember, one of the first steps of following Jesus is to be baptized. Well, God bless you. Thanks a lot for listening. I look forward to seeing you in the next message. Bye.